Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Emily's famous. Emily's famous? Yeah, really famous, yeah. She You're did, the Deutsche Welle. She's right? been on TV. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I thought you were speaking about my Indian fans, because those are you my favorite, actually. She's a lot of Indian fans. Nice. Well, a lot of friends. fans in India. Neat. Maybe we could do a live show out there. <laughs> well, I did I did go there last year and meet up with them. If, any, if anybody wants to us to do a live show out in India and is willing to fly at least myself and Emily out, <laughs> Daniel, we can sort of... He can carry our stuff, though. I can carry your stuff. I'll be, I'll be your roadie for and the we, tour. We could bring... <laughs> and we could maybe bring Damo just to make sure everything's in order. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody out there is willing to sponsor... Ideally, like places like Goa, you know, by the beach. Yeah, one football live, one football podcast live. We're on. We're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Shout on Twitter. Shout out on Twitter. Anyway, enough of that. Joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's one football podcast is Emily Rauschitz. Hey. I was. It's a bit of a pause there. Yeah, kind of. And uh, Daniel Cadena Jordan. Hello, hello. Should you wish to get in touch, uh, the email to send your love, abuse, questions, etc., 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 to is podcast at onefootball.com. Or you can do it the old fashioned way and get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating, and leave a comment to let us know how you think we are doing. Now, there's only one place we can start this week, and that is with the biggest game in world football. The one that really attracts fans from all over the world, no matter what team they've supported since a child. It's the big one, it's the really big one. It's Gretna 2008 versus East Stirlingshire in the Lowland League. Wow. Emily, are you excited for that one? I actually haven't been sleeping for the past couple of weeks, yeah. Because you've been so excited about yeah. this low, Lowland League. I don't know. No, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Elsewhere, Barcelona playing Real Madrid. Elsewhere. Yes. Real Madrid, of course, champions of the world, current La Liga title holders, current Champions League champions, current Spanish Super Cup holders, current European Super Cup champions. So my question is, why are Barcelona even bothering to turn up? To grab points, obviously. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, they're also fourth in the league. Uh, this season, they're 11 yeah. points behind Barcelona, and uh, they haven't quite clicked quite yet this season. Like, you see them play, and something's missing. It's not the same enthusiasm they had a couple of years ago when they hadn't won all those trophies. Uh, you notice that that's missing. Uh, there's not, they don't have that spark on the eye anymore. Is it a case of full bellies at Madrid? Is that one of the problems there? I think so. I think so. They, since they won, like, what, what would motivate them to, like, uh, other than beating Barcelona, perhaps? to uh, just show up and give 110% as they would have in 2015 or 16, for that matter. And who's to blame? Surely that's, a Zidane, that's Zidane's job to kind of get them in shape, like, get them going, I get them guess, up for the game. I guess it's his job, but he can only do that much. I mean, if they've already won everything, uh, there's little he can do about it. Is there? Uh, huh. There's a Clásico coming up. I think there's, there's not a single game in the world that'll motivate them more, more than this game. Boca perhaps would be motivating enough. For Real Madrid to play? For Washington, at least. <laughs> no, I mean for the team. Like this is this is the highlight of the year. You know, there are all these tensions going on this year. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, backstage uh, drama. I is think. there? Oh yeah, I mean everywhere. There always is in those teams. What's the backstage drama? Uh, Mascherano, for instance, is perhaps the biggest of them all in Barcelona. Uh, the guy is uh, apparently leaving. Uh, no one knows where to yet. Apparently, China was the destination. River Plate kind of said, "Look, if you want to come on board, that's fine." The captain is willing to give you the captaincy not really yes but no uh but i don't think he wants to go back to argentina quite yet 
No, why would the captain give him the captaincy? That seems absurd. Well, because he's not Mascherano. It's that simple. It's oh. sort of like a hierarchy thing back there. Okay. Fair enough. So he might be off to China. Yeah, apparently, although... Maybe he misses Carlos Tevas. Yeah, it might be a thing. It might, that might be a thing. But actually, it's... But isn't just, Tevas leaving China now? Well, not really. I mean, he was supposed to be leaving China, like, last summer and now on winter. But it's sort of like the thing of, well, yeah, we'll see. Huh. Maybe it's next summer when he actually leaves China. So, who knows? What's what's the rest of this? I've missed all this backstage drama. I was just... Con- you remember the build-up to when, like, Mourinho and Guardiola uh, were in charge and... There would be like loads of very public tension about it all. To me, it seems quite. Yeah, but the thing is, who, so who made the headlines? That was Mourinho. I mean, neither Zidane nor Valverde are going to be like. Yeah, they're they're just game enthusiasts, I suppose. They'd rather just stick to the sport. One being Zidane, you know, the great footballer he was, and Valverde was just this. Uh, what do you call those sort of guys? They're just game nerds. They just enjoy the the game for the sake of the game, not the whole drama around it. It's a bit boring, isn't it? Eh, it's lackluster, maybe. Yeah. Say that again on Saturday at 3 p.m. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, we'll get with some of the big talking points ahead of the game. And let's start with you, Emily, in Barcelona. What's, the, what are, what's with Barcelona? What are they, what's the talking points for them going into the I game? I think the biggest talking point of the season so far is just their defense. I mean, this used to be kind of their biggest worry and their biggest um, flaw and this season, they've had the best defensive tactics and statistics since Guardiola left, probably. Yeah. I mean, they have the least goals conceded in the Liga. They have the least away goals conceded in all of Europe's top five leagues. Like, I think Roma has three as well. Um, and Ter Stegen's playing the best season of his life so far. That's brilliant so, now. So their biggest, biggest flaw and vulnerability is turning out to be quite strong this season. And that's where I think this game will be quite interesting. They, of course, conceded five to Real Madrid in the Super Cup. It's taken them 16 games to reach the same amount of goals. That's yes, pretty good. But also, neither Ronaldo nor Benzema have showed up scoring goals from Real Madrid since then. But Umtiti is down. Uh, like, what's the lineup looking for back there? Because uh, Fermelin is apparently in the, the starting lineup again, isn't he? Fermelin had a rough start at Barcelona, but he's actually been like solid <laughs> in the... 600 days of not playing in the Liga is a his, rough start. <laughs> his um, last appearances have been surprisingly strong. You know, a bit like That's Paulinho, true. everyone was talking shit about him, and now he's he's just proven to put his head down and play his game. Well, he scored a brace last game, I think. Jordi Alba's in good form, too. Uh, Jordi Alba has to be one of my favorite defenders ever. I mean, he never talks big, and he never kind of seems like the guy to shine the spotlight on, but he's just been, him and Messi have just been showing beautiful, beautiful football skills. That's nice to see. Um, how has Paulinho fitted in? Because we've not really talked about that. He was sort of ridiculed, Barcelona were ridiculed in the summer for paying, what was it, 40 million for him? It was a shit ton, let's put it that way. Yeah, a shit ton of money is the correct term then. <laughs> um, but he seems to be doing okay from what I can see. Six goals, two assists. He's got the best statistics of any like reserve or bench player of either team's um, Real Madrid or Barcelona so far this season. Yeah. Mm. And he's a perfect fit. He's content right now for coming off the bench and not starting. He doesn't kind of have that ambition yet. And um, Iniesta's too old to play a full game. Rakitic is not at the height of his career either. Okay. So he's doing well. We're he fans. Is. Barcelona have also changed their formation a bit too, haven't they? Yeah, they, they merged to this 4-4-2 for a while, um, which is kind of interesting. And it was supposed to help Suarez in his misery of a season. And it helped him kind of to get back into form, but I don't think it's something they're going to stick with long term. No, El Gordo. Isn't El Gordo. that what they call him? 
It's cute. Well, they call them a bunch of things. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know, but it's kind of neat and, and refreshing to see Suarez in, in good shape again, I guess. It was it was Physically in good shape, you mean? Yeah, well, physically <laughs> and uh, like in form. Like he's finally scoring goals again. He scored two times uh, last game. The the four or five, was it 4-0 victory last time? Yeah. Uh, he scored twice. Uh, well, with Tabaré, the, the, the Uruguayan national uh, coach has been praising him and been just like, been his, his, he's been his biggest fan, basically. Saying that, uh, well, he they just get got to give the guy time because he's really into it and he's just the sort of guy that you want uh, sharp for the World Cup, not necessarily in December, but maybe March or come April even. That's when you want him to shine. But I mean, the biggest talking point for Barcelona also has to be Lionel Messi being in form. I yeah. mean, Barcelona would not be where they are right now without him showing the best start to the season for a couple of years back now as well. He's been directly involved in, I think, 19 goals for Jesus. Barcelona. Whoa. Um that's just insane. And he's also hit the post 14 times. <laughs> yeah. It was like three times last game. It was game, excruciating actually. last game. Yeah, it was yeah, actually well, kind of horrible to watch. Yeah, well, excruciating. Come on, 1-4-0. I mean, that's hardly something worth... No, but he wasn't scoring. As for Real Madrid? It's actually not the fairy tale everybody thinks it would be. Uh, the team, its biggest names are not shining right now. Ronaldo, Benzema... Mm-hmm. Well, Bale with his injury and whatnot. Uh, are Did you know that uh, Ronaldo has more kids this year than Benzema has goals in the league? <laughs> That's a fair point, I guess. Uh, and Kos has also been well, kind of uh, underperforming as well. Um, and the back line is not... Uh, the second tier is not up to task, in my opinion. I mean, Vasquez and Asensio could be doing a lot better. Uh, maybe Mayoral could be maybe the only guy you could kind of point out of the back line that could uh, help out, I guess, but... Uh, Asensio's an interesting one because earlier in the season everybody was talking about him like he was the second coming of Christ. Yeah, I mean, he started really strong and solid. He he played a decent amount of games for a couple months, but... uh, Is it just inexperience, age? Is that what it is? He just needs a bit more... He needs more more consistency, I suppose, and I think that comes with age and time. I mean, he's been been a professional player for, what, three, four years, perhaps, tops? So he kind of lacks, you know, the, the depth and understanding of what it's supposed to... of how to measure... Uh, his input and output in the game throughout the whole season. He still doesn't have that, that, that I guess, feel is the right word for it. Mm-hmm. So, and he was, yeah. he was often compared to Isco, and like the two of them were the next shooting stars for Real Madrid, and Isco's just a really good player. He's like, a really that's a lot to player, live yeah. up to. He's a really smart player. He understands really well what he's supposed to be doing. And I just have to point out uh, the, 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 the Spain 3-0 victory over Italy. That was an Isco show. That was just mm-hmm. brutal how well he played. Uh, we're fully paid up members to the Isco fan club. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Benzema, what's going wrong? I think everything. Uh, oh, because okay. of the train wreck right now. I mean, he can't score for his own life. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him. But at the same time, there isn't that much Real Madrid can do. Because the options they're shuffling around, uh, they all kind of circle back to, yeah, well, we, can, we can't use that guy because we, A, can't afford him. Or B, he has already played the Champions League. So they're mm-hmm. useless to us this season. And um, that's, of course, Lewandowski and Navabanyang have been both linked. Timo Werner recently was also linked. And that only leaves the fourth option, Timo which is... Timo Werner? He was linked a couple times, actually. He was For real, Madrid? Yeah. You live and you learn, I guess. Okay. And uh, then there was this Russian guy, Smolov, who... For some reason, from odd reason, might I say, uh, was been linked has been linked to Real Madrid two or three times throughout the season, and uh, I don't know why. <laughs> no, we've no reason behind that one. No, uh, but that's the thing. In the summer, everyone was saying Real Madrid had like the best summer transfer window ever, and they got all these young hot talents. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of starting to realize. And Zidane was also left with this. I mean, I don't think he wanted to sell Hamas or Morata. And yeah, Morata. Morata leaving, um, I think, was the, the uh, was the turning point in the summer. It was, yeah. it was a really good summer. 
And then they saw Morata. And, yeah. and now what Zidane and realizes is that just because they're young and good doesn't mean they can come in and decide games, which is what you need subs doing. Well, which is what Morata is doing at Chelsea right now, actually. Yeah. Which is, you know, ironic. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention about Real Madrid that they should be worried about? Uh, worried about? Or, yeah, well, I you think... know, we're talking. We should be talking about Well, Keylor say. Navas, uh, he's, he's a really decent goalkeeper. And he being a Clasico, you would expect him to be... Top notch, but uh, at the same point of all positions in the team, I think that's the weakest link. They should look for another goalkeeper in summer, maybe in winter. They were there was talk of it actually in market yeah. that they were they were thinking about another keeper. Yeah, but there's still no solid leads on who that might be and how much money they're willing to invest in that, having to invest also in other lines. So and there's clearly no chance of Lewandowski or Aubameyang joining yeah. anytime. Not this season, at least. No, because they already play Champions League. So what's the point? Well, it's not stopping Barcelona from buying. Uh, Felipe Coutinho. The latest report from Sport, I don't know if either of you saw this, was that they're going to buy him in January before Little Christmas, which is the 6th of January, if I'm not mistaken. And they'll pay $150 million in installments to Liverpool. Interesting. Well, I'm only going to believe that he's actually coming to the Camp Nou once he's set foot in the Camp Nou with yeah. a Barca shirt. Yeah, I'm not sure he's the player Barcelona need, but that's that's maybe a question for another day. Uh, where do we see the, the key clashes being for this game, Emily? I think one of the really interesting ones was um, Busquets, who was left out of the last game so that he wouldn't get his fifth red, uh, yellow card of the season and mm-hmm. miss this clash. Um, Busquets and Isco. Hmm. If Busquets can manage to close down Isco and kind of close down their play, I don't see Ronaldo or Benzema being fed with a lot of opportunities in front of goal. Uh, I'm really keen on watching also Rakitic and Casemiro, seeing how that sets up, because I think Casemiro's playing, he's one of the few players that's playing a decent season, and Rakitic, as you said, is probably past his prime, maybe. Uh, so that could be interesting to see how Rakitic will try, or at least, uh, well, yeah, as I said, try to uh, go around this guy who's... I'm actually a little bit intrigued whether it wouldn't be smarter to start Pulinia instead of Rakitic. I'm not a huge Ooh. fan of the creation. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, I think also the flanks are interesting. I mean, with Carvajal on one end, you have also Marcelo on the other, and then you have Jordi Alba, and insert name here and the other side of uh, uh, Barcelona's wings. Uh, that could be also interesting, I suppose. The white game. Anything left we want to mention, or shall we get a prediction out of the both of you? Let's go for predictions. What about you, Ian? Huh? Well, I think it will probably be a win to Barcelona. I'm going to go with like a 2-0 to Barcelona. I'm going to go with a 1-2-1. 2-1 to Barcelona? Barcelona. Yeah. I'm going to be the adult in the room and say it's going to be a dull nil-nil. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time. You were right when you said Daniel wasn't much fun. No, 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 I'll give you that. Of course, uh, El Clasico is not the only huge game this week. We also have Bayern against Dortmund in a Clasico Cup special. Where do we start with this one? It's not a real rivalry, is it? We've sort of talked about this before. Yeah. I mean... Well, it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's more of a fabricated sky thing, Well, but really. it's, it wouldn't be the first time in German history that a rivalry had been created. I mean, Bayern and Hamburg are supposed to be eternal rivals, and that was only because of the 80s. Okay. Gladbach and Bayern were sort of rivals, uh, albeit because they were huge title contenders back in the 70s and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, German football has always been about local rivalries more than it has been about national rivalries. Mm-hmm. Having said that, at this point, I don't think there is a bigger game in the calendar. Uh, Bayern against Dortmund, having played as many games as they've played since the final Mm-hmm. In the Champions League, uh, some odd years ago, uh, they've met each other. I think it's over twenty-five times already. So wow, yeah, it's it's happened quite so a lot, nice. and uh, it's it's been an interesting ride for both teams. Uh, and this one, I don't think it's going to be disappointing at all. Okay, so you're excited about this one, definitely. Emily, it's been a couple of games under Peter Stöger so far for Dortmund. 
What have you noticed? What's changed? So I've ob- obviously been watching very closely my fellow Austrian, what he's doing in Dortmund. Um, <laughs> I think Austrian, he's been yeah. doing... Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, he's been doing... I think he's been doing a great job in Dortmund. I mean, God knows how he got that job because I think he's the only person on this planet who can have such bad references <laughs> and get one of the top well, jobs f- in the football world. the stairs, I guess. Um, no, but uh, jokes aside, he's been doing a great job and he's uh, basically... The only thing he's done in terms of tactics is one very easy thing. Dortmund used to pressure very high up the field, um, which made their weak defense, especially with all the injuries, um, quite prone to, you know, one ball past the high line and you're through on goal. And all he's done is pull the entire team back and be like, we're going to defend in our own half now. Um, And it's been working out quite well. It hasn't solved all of their problems. It's also not a long-term solution to keep up with giants like, like Bayern Munich, but it's definitely a solution to get through the winter break and kind of regroup. Mm. Okay, it was exposed quite easily that defense, especially in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was brutal ridiculous at times. It was, it was really brutal. You just saw there was one long ball, and I mean, Weigl isn't the fastest. Even Bartra is not the fastest. Um, Socrates definitely isn't the fastest, you know. And and <clears throat> they don't have the speed or the agility to catch up with players who are good on the ball. It's also been a few games under Jupp Heynckes. That's right. So uh, a few things must have changed there as well. Well, I think the most obvious one, and this has Not to be Not just Lewandowski's hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's leave that aside, please. Um, it has to be said, obviously the team wanted Ancelotti out because they were really playing shit games. And uh, you, you could tell it was on purpose. Uh, that changed. You could tell that the fitness took a while to come back. As Heynckes progressed, you saw that team a lot more solid. And uh, then the PSG came, which was sort of like their their masterpiece of the season thus far. And uh, you can really see a team that uh, it kind of engaged again the culture of pressing uh, up high and understanding exactly what they're supposed to be doing against rivals. Uh, they and I, I have to go back to that game because I think that has been the best Bayern game they've played in Molson's last Hank's uh, last tenure as as a coach of Bayern. Wow, I'm willing to say that, yeah, because the team clicked. Everybody played their own part. Everybody shined in their own little way. Everyone had their own moment of of, of coup de gras. Let's put it that way, and uh, it, it, you need that in a good team. Uh, everyone put their part. Even Sven Ulreich, who was this guy who was supposed to be uh, this second-tier goalkeeper that they hadn't done much thing in the last five years. Well, now there's talks about renewing him, and even maybe being an, uh, like a dark knight, dark knight to uh, kind of hijacking the third position for the World Cup. So uh, not really. Kind of, yeah. I mean, considering what Trapp and the other options are doing, it's not that far-fetched actually. Hmm. So, yeah, under Heinke's, long story short, the team's a lot tighter, it's a lot needier, a lot more um, grittier even. You, you see there's a lot more ambition in the team than there was at the beginning of the season. The arrogance is a bit gone. And Manuel Neuer, any sign of him coming back? Not anytime soon, right? Well, he said he's going to be fit for the World Cup, but they're not taking him to the Qatar winter break, winter break preparation. So you can tell that the guy is uh, a long way from being back in, in full shape. So Bayern are going to Qatar for their winter break? They usually do, yeah. Are they, are they sponsored by somebody in Qatar? You think so? They've been sponsored. Well, they actually have their airport logo on the left sleeve of the shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been doing the Qatar thing for, I think, the past 12 seasons or And this more. is the same set of fans who were showering Neymar with money? Well, yeah, it's different. Bayern actually pull a profit every year so they can afford their own players. So. Okay. I, yeah. was just, I was just being facetious. Uh, That's not I very smell nice. some Bayern fan in here. Yeah, it reeks of it, doesn't it? Uh, reeks okay. of beer and pretzel. Where do we see this game being won and lost? It is tonight. Very exciting. Tonight, yeah. Well, so I think 
the arrogance in Munich hasn't quite flown away Ooh, as much not fully, not as fully. you said. Um, and that's quite obvious. In They were doing really well when Heinkes came in. In the last three games, they barely scratched a 1-0 win. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was one of my points. Against... So they've been slowing down because Heinkes actually hasn't changed much, except, you know, he brought some new some new smiles and all happiness to the fans and, and to the team, but that's going to wear down quite quickly if he doesn't, you know, adapt. Well, he did change a couple of things, I think. Javier Martinez is back in the midfield, and that's been glorious for he, the team. Yeah, I mean, he's done some he's done some player rotations, but uh, I don't think it's changed the core problems of, of what Bayern faces. Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, there's still huge things against the generational thing, mostly. I mean, Robin Ribery are not getting any younger. They're not getting any more fit. Uh, Lewandowski is <laughs> not knows. getting any more humble. So yeah. I, I, I think those... Three problems are more than enough to yeah. uh, address in winter. So where can it be one, you said, Ian? Yes. I think for Dortmund, that means patience. Uh, Celtic yeah. showed it brilliantly. If you just keep doing your thing, solid defending. Cologne showed that actually yeah. as well, um, despite their horrid season. Um, you just be patient, solid in the back, which is what Stuka's been trying to tell his boys in the last two games as well. Uh, and just wait for your chances. And then the one thing they do have to improve, though, is their efficiency in front of goal. Like Dortmund need to take their chances, which mm. definitely has just been horrid. Have you ever noticed how Heinkes always looks like he's got out of a really hot shower? <laughs> like his face <laughs> is always really red. I guess. Yeah. Um, where is this game won or lost? I think Bayern, they have the tools to win this game easily. They just have to play also with a bit of patience on their side because they know... Dortmund are one misstep away of, of screwing everything up. Uh, having said that, I do think Dortmund has a pretty decent chance of, of doing some damage today. Uh, they're good at cups, at cup games. They're really keen on beating Bayern again, and uh, Socrates has been unstoppable lately. Since Stuttgart took over, he's he's become even more of a leader to the team, which is saying a you know going a, it's going a mile out because uh, the guy's been amazing throughout, and and he's sort of like the team's. Uh, spirit behind the whole uh, equation but uh, yeah I think Bayern has plenty of arguments to uh, to play with Okay Why is Sandro Wagner joining Barcelona? Or Barcelona Why is Sandro Wagner joining Bayern? Thank God he's not joining Barcelona That would be interesting Why is he joining Bayern? This doesn't make sense to me It kind of does I mean uh, He's not going to start He's not supposed to. He's 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 signed. He's being signed to give Lewandowski someone else to fall back on in case he's having a bad game But he's starting now First team yeah, well, it doesn't make sense from his part. I understand why Bayern hmm. want him. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, why but, would he go there? I think it's a nostalgia thing, and he's also on the on the on the ego trip sort of thing. So signing Bayern is to him uh, sort of like vindication vindication for for his career. He came out of Bayern's uh, youth division. Uh, he didn't perform well at all for six or seven years, uh, and now he's back on top. He's actually playing national team games again. Uh, he's a contender to go to the World Cup. I mean, that's but see, that's out. where I don't understand his decision mm. because if he gets his playing time, then he's going to go to the World Cup or he has really good chances. But of he going will to the get World he Cup. will get playing no, time. No, he's that's not going to be able to shine as like the, the he's third not gonna be option the star. behind Mila, He's Mila not going to be the star of the team, obviously, as he is in Hoffenheim, perhaps. But I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to see minutes and record one or two goals, and mm. he could use a little you know rub and grub with uh with with bigger names than you would. With, no, no, nothing against Hoffenheim, of course, but uh, well, his he wallet use, sure can. Well, definitely, rub that, and that grub. doesn't hurt. Rub and grub. That's a good phrase. I must keep that. Uh, has Aubameyang signed a secret deal? So apparently he has. Uh, it's an extension of one year, so I don't nah. think it's. It was probably more got a little bit more money. Else, yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. It was a raise just to keep him quiet and get him back up, get him out of his bad mood because he's been foul lately. Okay, so you're predicting a Bayern win this evening. A tight one, two one tops. <sighs> that was my guess. Two one to Bayern. Yeah. Oh. Well, enjoy that. <laughs>
since it is our last podcast of the year, we thought it might be nice to go over some of the highlights from this season. The season so far, I should say. So let's start off with the moment of the season so far, Emily. What have you gone for? I mean, I don't necessarily support a German Bundesliga team. So as a neutral fan, I have to say that 4-4 of Naldo in the extra time against Dortmund for Schalke was just, I mean, that, that was a beauty. Remind us again. Dortmund were 4-0 up. Yeah, I think after like 25 minutes, they were already losing massively. And then they were four, uh, they were winning and Schalke mm. was losing. And it didn't look like Schalke was going to come back from this. And I don't know what Tedesco did at halftime, but his boys came back on and they hey, they or, just really wanted this. Or what and they were pushing and pushing and pushing. And then Naldo came as the hero of the year and just tied the derby. In Which the he just did again. 94th minute. Yeah, he's been doing this. He's like the Ramos of the Bundesliga or he's something. He's brilliant. Like Naldo's a brilliant defender and really underrated guy, yeah. honestly. And it was just nuts to watch. I mean, this was this was a good game of football. Okay. The best by far this season, I would say. The 4-4, you can't go wrong. One of the Perhaps the biggest rivalry in Germany. You Did you go for it for your moment of the season so no, far? No, I went for something that is football-related, actually, which was this PSG signing Neymar and Mbappe because it ushered in a new magnitude to the transfer market, for better or worse. I think it kind of, uh, like, the whole football's been ruined because of money mm-hmm. times two. Uh, it just uh, it just distorted everything, and it conditioned the market forever, I think, or at least until the, the whole broadcast deal bubble bursts, uh, which doesn't seem to be going on anytime soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, to me that's the moment because it really did put it before and after in, in football. You were both wrong. The answer <laughs> to the question was Leo Messi's hat trick against Ecuador. That for me was my moment of the season so far because so many people had, for some reason, so many people had doubted him. Like he just like he doesn't do it for Argentina. They sort of forgot that he dragged them through the World Cup to yeah. the finals, and. There he was when he needed a most and you could see just how much it meant to him. Yeah. yeah. It was just glorious. I mean, he's obviously, the, for me, he's the greatest player ever to play. So to see him do that and then uh, so much tension, so much drama with it, that for me. It that was, was definitely a beauty, yeah. yeah well, that, South American qualification is always good for poetry, I suppose. Oh, I, I love watching be. South American it's internationals. A league. It's a league yeah. that qualifies for the World Cup. How can you go mm. wrong with that? Yeah, it's great. It's really, right. really good. Okay, now Santa comes along, Emily whispers in your ear not in a creepy way just you know <laughs> sort of normal what and he says you can yeah, change do with a beard, just whispering in your ear. you can change one thing for football next year what are you going to ask santa for okay so i'm gonna take a step back and explain my answer before i give the answer okay, okay. which is um video assistants in bundesliga have been a mess for anyone who hasn't been watching they've yeah. been absolutely horrid like they've had wrong decisions they've had weird decisions like the, it's made no the, sense. The, the football happens. federation hasn't been communicating. Like it's been a mess. And the other thing is, for anyone who doesn't watch La Liga, two goals by Barcelona, most importantly against Valencia, yeah. were very clearly behind the line and not given. So my wish to Santa is a functioning video assistant, including goal line technology, for all European leagues. That's not just such a big thing to ask. It's just basically nah. applying what the my answer for that was always just do what the NFL does. Have the, give the guy a mic and let him explain why he decided what he's designing. Yeah. That simple. Yeah. I actually wrote less video, VAR. Ooh, here Seriously. we go. I don't like it. I love it. No, I, I think I it's hate the, it. the game needs it. No, I hate it. Okay, so here, I'm saying this as a Barca fan as well. Yeah. But you, you picture the PSG-Barca game earlier this year and you picture Suarez diving, yeah. you know, and you picture PSG getting a, uh, Barca getting a penalty for that. Now, 
for me, it was the greatest comeback of the history of time. And I also have to say that was a horrid dive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I, I don't think he should keep pulling that off. And he does, and it actually pisses me off how much he does that in games. And I think he would have to stop if it were more often. We have an expression for that in Spanish. It's called Vive esa criolla, which is really hard to translate. It's just basically being a dick about life. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, being the bully that gets, you know, gets his way. And that's uh, the I wouldn't say that's the rise. first time he's heard that. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. What was your wish for? Salary caps. Oh. Uh, I think that uh, given players won't like that. Yeah, given the, what what's happening with money in football, you kind of and what's happening with football in general. I mean, other than the Serie A, all four big leagues are basically decided for. Uh, mm. Bayern are going to take the Bundesliga. Barcelona are going to take the La Liga. Man City is just destroying the Premier League, and uh, PSG the La Liga. So I think that would be sort of like the way to go, or one of the things that ought to be discussed a bit more uh, in order to get our football back on track. Okay. See, but I wonder if all of this is like a, like, you know, like the housing crisis, the bubble, like whether football is going to sack altogether at some point in the next couple it will, of years. I think well. it will tank eventually uh, when TV you know, broadcasters understand, okay, football really isn't that, making that much money. That will eventually come, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Team of the year so far? <sighs> Pep Guardiola's Citizens. Yeah. Eat him. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to disagree on that, are they? They're playing some wonderful stuff. That and uh, Sturm Graz, that are currently top of the Austrian Bundesliga. Oh, come on. Just had Who? to slide that in. Exactly. Take that back, yeah. <laughs> Did you go for Man City as well? Of course, why wouldn't I? Oh, we all of us went for Man City, that's interesting. Yeah. What about Player of the Year? We can't have all picked the, right, the same player for this. Uh, ladies first, please, by all means. <laughs> player of the season so far, um, Kevin De Bruyne. <gasps> we differ. No, we agree. You both agree? She, she got the right answer. The way he sees things. It's incredible. It's like he's telepathic. Yeah. Like that he can, he's reading exactly what the players are thinking that or is they're going to be. He's been amazing. His vision and the fact that, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't complain at all. He gets stuck, like he kind of can do all that amazing, skillful stuff. But then he's sort of, you humble know, about it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's humble about it. He sticks the boot in. He can do tackles as well. He reminds me of Xavi, who's like my favorite player of all times, actually. Like as a yeah, as oh, a Premier League mean. equivalent. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Mine, Who'd you go for? I actually have two contenders here. Mohamed Salah. Liverpool has been amazing. He oh. They basically just relied on, not relied on him, but he's been single-handedly pulling Liverpool for a 10-game streak. That's already, uh, what, two months old? He's, not, done, he's done some good stuff with Egypt, too. Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. He, mm. he shot the goal that qualified them, the penalty kick that qualified penalty. them to the World Cup for the first time in God knows how long, 30 years, was it? Or even more? Uh, since 1990, when they played in the group stage against Ireland. <laughs> and oh, it right. was a nil-all draw. Worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and the other one it would have to be Mauro Icardi 17 goals in 17 games. Ooh. Huge contender to start Argentina in the World Cup next season. Uh, next year, sorry. Uh, I think those two guys are, along with the Bruyne, clear favorites this season for something huge. I wish I'd remembered Mo Salah's penalty take because that was astounding. Yeah. That was yeah. a gorgeous scene, wasn't it? 90 th 94th minute. He had balls of stone for that one. Yeah, didn't he? Give him that. Anyway, that's all from us today. My thanks to Emily Daniel and producer Damo. And to you, dear listener, for sticking with us throughout the year. We'll be back early in the new year. Enjoy your Christmas festivities and we'll talk then.